You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Good morning, and I'm Christy Landwehr. And I'm Sarah Honiger, and you are listening to this special monthly NRHA episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for this Thursday, October 12th. Good morning, Horse World. It's the second Thursday of the month. That means it's time to slide in to the National Reigning Horse Association episode of Horses in the Morning. So, Sarah, how has your last month been? It's good. You know, um, there are just so many huge horse shows happening. There's so many exciting milestones being passed. Um, You know, in the marketing side of NRHA, we handle all of the new milestone announcements. So million dollar owners, multi-million dollar riders, million dollar sires and dams. And oh my gosh, there are just so many of those happening every single week. It's so cool to see how our industry is booming right now. I would agree. Our social media is on fire. For those of you that want to know a little bit more about all the ways that you can find our social media, Sarah, do you want to give them all of that? Sure. It's NRHA Raining, and we are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And we try to keep everyone up to date with news, but also throw in some fun videos, some facts, you know, some ways to kind of plug into the industry if you're new so you can get a little bit of everything. So excited today about our guests. On this National Raining Horse Association episode, we are going to be diving into the raining rundown and the sliding stop with NRHA Judge Van Loos and NRHA professional Josh Crawley. So I just wanted to just jump right in, Sarah, and talk about some events that we have coming up before we have our guests on today. I'm pretty excited about one of them. It's going to be in Lyon, France, and I get to go. And it's our NRHA-owned European Derby. And it's so exciting. And could you share a little bit more with us about what that all entails? Sure. So you mentioned it's in Lyon, and it's actually in conjunction with a huge horse fair they have there. So if you are a horse lover and anywhere near that event, I have not been myself, but I know there are thousands of booths and tens of thousands of people that walk through throughout the event. And it's so neat to see our sport represented on such a huge stage in Europe. And what's so great, they have a reigning arena, they have a hunter-jumper arena, they have mm-hmm. dressage taking place, they have so many different national championships taking place simultaneously. So it is truly for the horse lover, all breed, all discipline, and a ginormous trade show. Absolutely. I think it'll be a wonderful event. You know, it's one of the two premier events in Europe every year, so everyone should definitely consider putting this one on their bucket list. Well, I am leaving on um, Halloween evening and doing kind of one of those red eyes overnight to get there. So that'll be interesting (laughs) and waking up the next day. So there you go. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Have never been to that part of France. The only part of France I've ever been to is Paris. So the opportunity to get to go and travel on behalf of NRHA is very exciting. That'll be so much fun. I've been lucky enough to go over there for our European affiliate championships and actually the European Futurity. And I just have so much fun getting to know our members over there and seeing the incredible horses over there. I mean, you really just can't describe it. You just have to see it and be there. And I'm so looking forward to hearing all about it. 
Well, and speaking of futurities, boy, we have the biggest reigning horse show in the world coming up in Oklahoma City, and it's our U.S. Um, NRHA Futurity, and it is taking place November 24th, uh, sorry, 21st through December 2nd, and that is going to be an amazing event. Yes, it'll be huge for those who don't know what it is. It's our Three-year-old horses all showing the open futurity champion will win $350,000. And we like to call it the Super Bowl of NRHA reigning. Um, everything kind of culminates around that event. The energy is huge. There's great shopping. There's a horse sale sponsored by Markel. I mean, it is so much fun, whether you have been around reigning horses your whole life or you just are looking for your first event to attend. It is going to be so much fun. And we have the North American Affiliate Championships included. So all levels of reigning, so much fun to be had. And we really hope to see everyone in Oklahoma City with us. I am really looking forward to it. You know, um, it's there's so much energy. And I remember last year, um, I was there for the first time as a staff person. And boy, there is so much going on. And uh, so anyways, if any of you are interested, um, how can they find tickets for the event, Sarah? If they go to NRHAfuturity.com, you can find everything from a full schedule. So you could kind of plan your week around, you know, whether you want to see the sale or you want to be there for the finals or you want to be there for our big charity event, which is Sliders Night Out, uh, sponsored by Toy on Ranch in conjunction with the Reigning Horse Foundation. I mean, there's so many things to do and see. So I would definitely suggest going to NRHAfuturity.com. And kind of looking at the schedule and then planning around it. Well, and we're so excited because next month on this episode of Horses in the Morning on the NRHA show, we are actually going to have a whole show dedicated to the futurity and what, what it's all about. So please plan on joining us for that one next month as well. But let's go ahead and launch into today's show. We're very excited to be talking today about the rundown and the sliding stop. Those, of course, are maneuvers within our reigning patterns that get judged. And we're going to, of course, do what we've been doing. We're, we're loving having a judge on to kind of talk about what those maneuvers look like from a scoring perspective. And then also having a professional on to talk to us about how to train the horse to do it well and the rider. So looking forward to that. I am so excited to introduce to you all Van Luce. He has judged a variety of events, including the National Reigning Breeders Classic, the Run for a Million, the Tulsa Reigning Classic, and the NRHA Futurity. His accolades as a rider include being named a 2016 NRHA Professional Horseman of the Year, winning the All-American Quarter Horse Congress Limited Open Futurity, and championship titles at the AQHA Intermediate Open Futurity, Van is such a great, great addition to all teams he's on at NRHA as a steward, as a judge, and we are so happy to have him here with us this morning. Thanks for joining us, Van. Hey, thanks for having me. It's quite an honor. So Van, tell us a little bit more um, how you got started in horses and then how that led to reigning. How did it all begin? Well, uh, growing up, my dad always had, we were never without a horse. I team roped a little bit. I wanted to know how you got a horse more trained. And I swapped a rope horse for a three-year-old that was kind of cowbred. And of course, I'd watched reining at the Congress growing up. And that, that really took a hold. That's where I, that's where I really 
started that quest. And where do you currently live? Currently live in Whitesboro, Texas. Okay. And um, so as, as far as the judging component goes, why did you decide, gosh, I really want to get into the judging and the stewarding? How did that all come about? Well, uh, my wife has been a judge uh, since we got married in 1995. So I was around the language of, of the judge, of judging, um, and surround myself with a lot of my friends were judges too. I didn't think I could uh, sit still for a solid day and do something like that. But uh, in 2017, I decided to do it. Um, I, sh- I, I wish I wish I would have done it sooner. Uh, the stuff that I've learned from from judging uh, it's been incredible. What what we're looking for, what I thought we were looking for maybe before, and what what we're actually looking for now. Uh, the stewarding was just, I parlayed into the stewarding. Um, it's the advantage that I have on the stewarding is that I am a judge. So the rules uh, come to me pretty quickly if somebody has a question about rules. Well, Van, speaking of the judge's perspective, today's show, we're talking about the rundown specifically and the stop. So could you tell us from a judge's perspective what you are actually looking for in a rundown when you're sitting in a judge's chair? Well, in the, the rundown, what we're looking for, we can, we can go straight to the rule book, the description of the rundown or runaround, as it's called. Rundowns are runs through the middle of the arena and runs along the side and ends of the arena. Rundowns and runarounds should demonstrate control and gradual increase in speed to the stop. That's pretty basic. It's pretty simple. Uh, and sometimes it's very hard to pull that off. Um, what we are looking for is a gradual increase of speed prior to the stop. Um, the, of course, the higher degree of difficulty, you're going to be going a whole lot faster. But one thing that I always tell everybody, too, is know your skill set and know your horse's skill set. Because if your horse is not a plus half or plus one stopper, there's no sense in getting up to a plus half or a plus one speed. It'll, it'll actually take away from it. It'll be a, a negative. Uh, how we judge uh, is, is correct, which is a zero. That's the good zero, not the, not the I spun too many times zero. Good is a plus half. Very good is a plus one, and excellence a plus one and a half. And then on the negative side of that scale, we have poor, which would be minus half, very poor, minus one, and extremely poor is a minus one and a half. So if your skill set on yourself and your horse is a zero stop, is a zero stopper, keep it at that. Don't, uh, don't try to do a plus half on something that's not capable. And, and you, you'll, you'll be surprised how you'll get rewarded. 
That is a great idea, Van. I love that, that you're saying, you know, don't overdo yet, right? If your horse has consistent speed without galloping, let that consistent speed happen at a faster lope, right? That is so great. And I love yeah. how you you chatted about that because I think sometimes people do push too soon and then they end up getting negatives instead of the zero, which is a fabulous score. Absolutely. Uh, uh, 70s, 70s can win lots of, of Green Rainer. Uh, the ride and slide beginning class, beginner classes. Um, but, but when you start pushing your horse beyond your skill set or beyond the horse's skill set, it, it'll, it'll automatically lead to the negative side. I've seen it so many. So Van, what do you think about the sliding stop? Um, tell us a little bit more about how that scoring works and what judges want to see. Um, well, we'll go, go back to the rule book on the maneuver description Stops are the act of slowing the horse from a lope to a stop position by bringing the hind legs under the horse in a locked position, sliding on the hind feet. The horse should enter the stop position by bending the back, bringing the hind legs further under the body while maintaining forward motion and ground contact and cadence with the front legs throughout the stop. The horse should continue in a straight, ground contact with the hind feet. Of course, the faster you run on a very good stopping horse, the momentum uh, drives that that stop further, drives their hind legs deeper underneath of them. What we look for is the the softness throughout that horse's body in that stop position too. If they tighten up, uh, that's that's a bad thing and can lead to to the negative side of the scale. Um, when they when they look like they're doing it effortlessly and, and softly and correctly, th that's when you will start uh, adding those points to your, to your score. And I guess I have a question in regards to the sliding stop. Um, is there, and this is for people listening that don't really know much about reining. Is there a certain amount of feet you want to go? Like, do you only slide for like a few inches? Do you want to slide for many, many feet? How does all that work? Well, you you want to slide a little bit. Our rule book does not state how far the horse has to slide. Okay, which is the good part about what we have with the ride and slide beginner classes and the reiner classes. If you have a horse that can halt and spin four times each direction, you can show at an NRHA rating uh, and not be not be out of place. So we don't we don't have a uh, there's no measurement on how far the horse has to slide. Uh, of course, the the big heavy hitters they'll slide thirty feet, you know, effortlessly uh, from a from a full blown run. So that's a good I question love, though. I love your mention of those entry level classes too, because I think a lot of people don't know that they really could take a horse that maybe wasn't trained for this and try it out without a huge financial investment into NRHA or better yet in those ride and slide and green rainer classes, they could even borrow a horse or, you know, use one without a competition license. And I think that is something that not a lot of people know. Yeah. Sometimes, um, here's the thing with the sliding stop too. A lot of times people will come up to me and be like, Hey, uh, last weekend, uh, 
I thought my horse slid for a plus one. Uh, my wife thought it was a plus one. All my horse trainer friends thought it was a plus one. Uh, I showed it to the guy at the convenience store on my phone, and he thought it was a plus one. And my seventh grade football coach called me up and said <laughs> he watched it online and thought it was a plus one. But all you judges just gave me a plus half. Well, agreed. The sliding stop was indeed a plus one. However, the rollback or the backup kept it from being uh, a plus one, uh, which brought it down. And so you had a, a bad rollback or an undesirable rollback, maybe maybe not, or maybe not very poor. <clears throat> but that's that's where. That's what we're watching for as judges, that whole complete package. When you get up to those higher scores, you, we, we have greater expectations that the approach is going to be good, the stop is going to be good or very good if it was a plus one. But the rollback also has to be a plus one rollback for us to give you a, a plus one. And sometimes there's a, there's a lack of, of knowledge there on that. I, I want to share with you what we are actually looking at um, when we're the, the complete rundown slide and rollback or backup, <clears throat> our eyes are fixed uh, on that rundown. My eyes are fixed on that horse's hind legs as it's running down. I will glance forward to know where that, let's say, center marker, if they're supposed to get past the center marker, or I will glance down to know where that end marker is so I know how far they have to run to get past that because it's a penalty, too, if they don't get past that marker. So I'm watching hind legs all the way down through that. When they say the word well, I'm still watching hind legs to make sure that they committed to the ground and they stayed down. Once the horse has gotten to a complete stop, now I have to glance up at the rider's hand and the horse's head. During that rollback, did that horse look the other direction and take a step backwards? That's a penalty, that's a penalty. It didn't move laterally. So I watched that hand, I watched that horse's head, did it tighten up? Then the horse completes the rollback. Now my eyes are back down at the hind legs to make sure there's no trot steps when he, when he departs out of that rollback. Um, those are all things. That's how we watch it. Or if it's required for there to be a backup, I'm watching those front legs to see if there's cadence to that backup. If they just did a plus one stop in my mind, and I'm looking for that cadence on that backup, because if they don't have that cadence, a plus one backup, they're not, they're going to get knocked down to a plus half. And that, that's, that's like having the, the rollback that's not good and wondering why you didn't get the plus one. Um, if the horse has its mouth hanging open, showing resistance, if the horse tightened up during the backup, those are all things we're looking for. So a lot of times when we watch the sliding stops as the judge, I just told you where our eyes have to go during each part of that maneuver, which is a lot differently than when you're sitting in the stands watching it for entertainment. So true. So true. And I think a lot of people, you know, even folks that do this all the time or for a living or, you know, if it's the first one you've watched, I think that piece is often forgotten. And I think it's really awesome that you were able to break every piece of that down and really explain where your eyes are. Yeah. Yeah. That's very important because you'll miss a penalty or you'll miss some, 
some kind of tightness that kept that from from having those big plus scores. Well, Van, this is so cool to learn so many more of the kind of mechanics and what judges look at piece by piece. Uh, for those listening who want to learn more, we do have Rainer Insights in every single issue of the Rainer Magazine. And you can access the Rainer Magazine at rainer.nrha.com, even if you're not a member. And Van, you ran across a really cool article. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So after I, that you guys had reached out to me and told me that we were going to do this podcast, I remembered in an old Rainer magazine, uh, Bill Horn did a, a trainer talk on stops and rollbacks. Pat Fierstein wrote it and I dug around and found it and it's 34 years old. Okay. Oh it's exactly <laughs> 34 years old. It's 1989, October Rainer. And he talks about what he does during the stops and rollbacks. And guess what? The foundation of it is still the same today. It, the, the article could, could be put out today. It's 34 years old. Of course, of course, things have changed a little bit. Uh, trainers have the, the approach, uh, you know, uh, perfected more than what we had it 34 years ago and softness in the stop and, dissecting little things but the the foundation and the bones are no different still have to do the same thing so i, I was just amazed when i read that how relevant wow. it was that is so neat and we're definitely going to have to link up after this show because i think there would be some awesome spots in our marketing to show that article off that is so so neat so Van, I know folks are going to want to reach out to you and learn more about the judging program and the stewards program. Is the best place for them to reach out at nrhajudges.com? Yes. Yes. That would be the best way. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on today and really breaking this down for us from a judge's perspective and from a steward perspective. And thank you for all that you do for NRHA. So we're so excited to have Josh Crawley on. He is from Cedar Ridge Stallion Station in Whitesboro, Texas. And I was so lucky just last month, I got to go and visit you, didn't I, Josh? You did. Um, and thank you guys for having me. Uh, really look forward to this. Well, you and um, Kelsey are fantastic. And it was just such a good time to get to see your... Oh, everything that you have going on there, your beautiful covered arena, um, all the pastures you have for all of your horses, all the breeding um, operation and the training operation. So go ahead and tell us a little bit more about how you got started in reining and in horses in general. So I actually grew up, um, I, I was a city kid in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, I, I got it first exposed to reining. We were boarding our horses at a just a boarding facility. Um, we didn't own a ranch or that and, uh, just happened to a trainer had a few extra stalls. And so, um, I got to watch him a little bit, ended up riding as a youth kid for a year or two with him. And then I moved on to Casey Deary's and, uh, finished up my youth career there. Um, and then, uh, when I, I went to college for a year at Texas tech and when I came back, I, I decided that I wanted to be a horse trainer and, uh, since then, I, I worked for uh, some of the best in the industry. I've worked for uh, for Gunny Matheson and uh, Jason Van Landingham for for a very short time. Just kind of helped him get through the security one year, and um, and then he he helped me get in with Casey Hinton in 2011. And 
I spent from 2011 till 2018 at the at Cedar Ridge here um, with the Hintons and uh, as an assistant. 2018, I started Crawley Performance Horses, and uh, two years ago, we were actually able to come back and buy Cedar Ridge from the Hintons, and um, so we've been doing that since then, and it's it's been a true blessing. Um, you know, God's journey's really been good to us. Well, that is such a neat full circle moment for sure. And so fun to hear more about your background. On today's episode, we're talking to our listeners about the rundown and the sliding stop. And so we'd love to hear from you kind of what your fundamentals of both of those pieces look like when you're training horses in your barn. So the number one thing for me is keep it very simple. Um, you know, it's a question that we get, and I'm sure every reining trainer gets, but not only from reiners, but from barrel horse people, rope horse people, um, literally everybody wants to know, how do we get our horse to stop better? My answer is always the same. Work on your backup. Um, you can do that. Even if your ground's not great, you can work on your backup at home. You can work on your backup in a pasture. Um, and what I mean by that is, is your horse backing up soft in the face and, be, and because you're lifting your bridle reins and making his face softer, are you moving his back feet when you're doing that? And so the better your horse backs up and the more willing he is to move his back feet and you're getting a softness and a, and almost when I release, I want my horses to continue backing as I'm releasing, um, and if I have all that, generally my stop's going to come pretty easy. Um, so if my horse is like, you know, talking, showing them the stop as a two-year-old or even into, into the show horse thing, I'm not a guy that runs down and really says, whoa, and pulls them around a bunch. Or It's not a place that I do a quick reaction. Um, I want to really slow down at the end of that stop or, you know, like a two-year-old, if he misses that stop, I want to really slow down and take a breath and then show him what I want and then just let him try again. And, um, you know, and so for my two-year-olds, I really focus on the backup show horses as well, but my two-year-olds are really focused on the backup because I can teach them where I want them to be in the stop before we ever get, you know, get into a fight. We don't, we don't want to fight there. And, uh, so as little resistance as possible is what I'm after. And then, as far as the rundown goes for me, um, I spend a lot of time fencing. Um, and what I do with my fencing, I don't always like mine. I'm not going to kick him up to the fence, pull him in the ground, do all that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to lope off and I'm just going to real, real nicely make a straight line. Some of them need a little help at first, but we're just going to pick a spot and we're going to lope down the arena and if I get to my third marker or three quarters of the way down the arena, basically, if I get down there and that horse starts spooking at the wall, which generally they do when you start, they start trying to look for a way to go left or right. I'm just going to let that horse calmly find his way up there. I don't care if we break to the walk. I don't care if we trot. I don't care if he lopes up there. I don't want him to crash into the fence, but, you know, so I will say, well, if he's real free about going and wants to get up there, but if, if some of them, it takes some time to get them to where they're confident and, and confidence is really the key to the rundown. You want that horse trusting that when they go down there, they're not looking for, for anything fast to happen. They're, they're just running free and they're waiting on that word to hear, whoa. 
And so for me, I start out that way, just loafing back and forth. And if I, like I said, if I have to break down at the center and walk up to the fence, that's fine. If it's the third marker and walk to the fence, that's fine. But eventually I'm going to try to build it stride by stride until I can lope all the way to the fence and say, whoa. And at the point that I can do that, then I'll start adding a little bit of speed on there and kind of let that horse, you know, one more stride of speed or two more strides of speed and let that horse go up there and say, whoa. And as his confidence comes along, it, I mean, it doesn't take very, very long for that horse to get confident and want to go down there and stop. And, you know, and so I just kind of, at that point, I make sure that I'm staying smooth. I make sure that he's staying soft in the face and letting me be the rider and him be the follower, you know, and I'm going to ride up there and say, whoa, and push my feet off and let him make a nice move to the ground. And again, after that, I keep it real simple of just, I'm going to take a few steps back, soften his face up, pat him, walk up there and go try again. Um, I, I keep it extremely simple. I, I think the simpler I can keep that, the better for them. That all sounds amazing. And I think very precise. And I just have kind of an overarching question for some of our people that are listening. You know, we've heard of sliders and how you have to put those shoes mm -hmm. on a horse. Do you have to, when you're just getting started in reining, have the sliders on to do a sliding stop? So our, you know, the, the way I would look at that is like our two-year-olds. Um, so you do not have to have sliders on to make your horse stop better. You can work on your backup. You can teach your horse by walking forward and saying, whoa, and pushing your feet off and then taking, getting him to take a few steps back. You can improve your stopping without shoes. To get them to really slide, you do have to have slide plates. Um, and so... You know, for us, what we do is um, we get them riding around. Generally, my horses, you know, the way I do my two-year-olds, I kind of teach them to hunt that stop from the very beginning, and that's always something we reward. Um, but probably, I don't know, probably if if a horse is coming along like he should and he's on program and he's, you know, they're riding around real quiet and that with no no nervousness and we're steering and we can do everything, probably the first part of April of their two-year-old year, I'm going to, I'm going to put sliders on and not because I want to practice it, but because I want to teach them a good habit, you know, because those two-year-olds, as they start backing up better and they start doing things better, they don't know any different. They start pushing those feet a little harder. And so I really like to put sliders on in April so that they learn that good habit of that's something that's going to happen. Um, so I guess to answer your question, to improve your stop, you don't have to have sliders, but in order to get a horse to slide, you will have to have sliders. Well, Josh, this has been super insightful learning about what goes into the training and the prep of the horses for a stop, but we know that you work with non-pros. And so we were wondering, what are some of the tips for riders that might be listening to help teach them how to do this maneuver um, as best as they can? Be patient and be slow. Um, it's not something that comes overnight. Um, and it's not something that requires an arena with perfect footing. Um, you know, the biggest thing that I hear all the time from, from my non-pros even, you know, and, and people that haul in and come and visit us is, well, I don't really have ground at my house that I can run and stop. Well, you don't have to. 
Um, you know, if you, if you have a trainer, you visit or an arena, you go use has good ground, then make the most of your time, go work on your backup, make your backup better, get those horses responding to woe a little bit more. And when you have the chance to run and slide, then, then you're, you're that much further ahead. I love that. I'm a riding instructor too, Josh, you know, not at the level that you all teach. Um, I teach beginners to ride. And the very first lesson when I teach a beginner to ride is how to whoa, right? We have to have a stop. (laughs) And it's the whole concept of breathe out. And that's how I teach it because I don't want them hauling on my horse's face, right? I don't want my schoolies to get upset by it. So it's the whole concept of breathe out, sit deep, all the things. And I just love that even at the level that you're at, you still provide so much of the basics to your coaching. I think that that is just super. Um, is there anything else overall that you would add about these maneuvers in regards to how you train and or teach the horse and or rider? Anything else you want to add about them today? The Maybe the only thing I would add would be don't let speed dictate if it's good or not. And, and what I mean by that is if your horse does one good, try to repeat that. You know, and in in reigning terms, if you can't make a zero, don't try to make a plus one. You, you know, so for those of you that don't know our reigning scoring system, if you can't accomplish the the basic, the lope off, go down the arena and say whoa, and have your horse make a nice stop, don't add speed to it because you're not there yet. You know, with time it'll come, but let it let it follow the process let it do the journey and just if you'll practice that that basic part of can i can i walk down there and stop can i trot down there and stop can i lope off and go make a stop and then can i repeat that stop three or four times okay well you know if we did it if we repeated it twice and we get off for the day and we repeat it twice tomorrow that's better if we repeat it three times the next day once you've got it where you can do that every time, then you can add a little bit of speed. But I would say just stay patient with the process. Don't don't get in a hurry to add speed because you see, you know, you see us in the show pen and you go, well, if I'm a rainer, I got to turn the corner and I got to I got to pie out down there. Just just take your time and, and make your horse nice. And as time comes, add your speed as your confidence. Josh, I am so thankful that you said this. Um, Van Luce is also on the show today as our judge perspective of these maneuvers. And he said precisely the same thing. (laughs) So that just shows, right, that it just really makes good sense to really take your time. Van and I I shared a barn a few years ago. He's he's an excellent horseman and and an excellent judge. Well, that is just wonderful. Well, we so appreciate you being on the show today to talk about these concepts. Um, where can people find you if they want to learn more, if they maybe live by you there in Whitesboro, Texas, want to come over for a visit? What is the best way to reach you? Um, so you can go to our website, cedarridgestallions.com. Um, there's an email link on there. Uh, my phone number is on there. Or you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Crawley Performance Horses. Um, and if you're in our area, we always love having visitors. Um, our ranch is at highway 82 in Whitesboro at the main street exit and we're the white fence on the North side. Um, and 
anytime anybody wants to stop in, see the studs, look at a prospect or talk to us, we're, we're more than happy to, to have visitors. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Josh. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. I enjoyed it. How amazing, Sarah, that Josh and Van, I mean, that just shows how consistent NRHA is, right? The professionals and the judges, I mean, they both have the same concept of how it works to have success in the show pen. Absolutely. And it just shows truly how ahead of its time our judging system was when it was first put in place. It's lasted all these years and it's still the very foundation for everything you know, as Van said, <laughs> dating all the way back, you can find it in old Rainer magazines. And I think that really speaks volumes. Back in 1989, when I graduated from high school. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I loved when he said that. It was great. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Sarah, how do people find this podcast? What is the best way for them to do that? So if anyone listening wants to, you know, go back and listen to past podcasts, for folks who want to download this one or watch for upcoming podcasts, the best place to go is nrha.com slash podcast. And after today's episode, I'm sure they're going to want to know more from our fabulous NRHA judges and professionals. So if they go to nrha.com slash judges, you can learn more about our judging program, uh, about how to get in contact with those folks. And then nrha.com slash find a pro will help people get in contact with NRHA professionals in their state, in their city, in a specific area that they would like to take lessons in. So it's a really, really great resource to get people truly connected to our NRHA professionals. And then we had also mentioned um, a little bit earlier in the show about the different things that you could do if you were a fan and the benefits. And one of those is that some of our Rainer magazines are actually on our website. So could you share a little bit more about what fans can do to come find out what all is available to them? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're a fan of Rainy and you just want to learn more, we have so many educational pieces on our website for you. You can go to nrha.com slash education and really kind of take a deeper dive into everything we talked about today. And like Christy mentioned, our Rainer magazines are online and you can find those at rainer.nrha.com or just go to nrha.com and uh, navigate to it on our homepage. There's a picture of the magazine and we do have training tips in every single magazine. They're called Rainer Insights and they're super helpful, whether you're a Rainer or not. I feel like every one of these episodes, we always kind of talk about the cross-discipline um, help that these Raining tips can give our folks. Um, to anyone listening who might not have a Rainer, but just kind of wants to, you know, try something new with the horse they have at home. So that's a great spot to learn more about that too. I would agree. I think so many things that people do when they ride Rainers is very basic horsemanship that all of us should do. Like even today, right? We were having that conversation about the stop and how you want it to be soft and breathe out and all the things to kind of make that happen. So I think that that's fabulous advice, Sarah. So in the meantime, everybody, thank you so much for being a part of today's show and listening. And now it's your turn to go out and have the slide of your life. 